everybody, Tyler Smith here with another More Than One Lesson mini-sode. Uh, so I am actually uh, alone today. I don't have any uh, co-hosts with me or anything like that. Uh, I found myself uh, with sort of a uh, in sort of a weird position because there's a definite episode for next week, and then there was the mini-sode last week, and I didn't really have anything uh, to go into this week. Um, I just got back from Comic-Con and, uh, I just, and it's my last week of school. So I'm busy with this uh, thesis paper that I'm writing. So I really didn't have time to organize anything, uh, and do a tremendous amount of research into a specific episode. So instead I decided to do this. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a little strange, but for those of you who might remember, my mini so last year about Jurassic World, this is going to be like that. But instead of Jurassic World, it's going to be uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, that is to say, the new Ghostbusters directed by Paul Feig. Uh, this is a film that just comes with a great deal of controversy, and I'll address some of that. Uh, but it's a film that I wasn't really looking forward to, uh, like so many others, I saw the trailers and they didn't look that good to me, but I liked Bridesmaids. I did not see the heat, but I loved Spy. I thought it was amazing. And Paul Feig directed all of those, Melissa McCarthy's and all of those. And I, I thought, you know, uh, the two films of those that I had seen, I thought were tremendously funny. And so... You know, when looking at the trailers, I thought, okay, well, a trailer doesn't necessarily mean the movie itself is like that. This could just be the way the studio wants to present it. So, you know, so I'll go, I'll go see it. And then it actually got fairly good reviews early on from, from certain critics. And so I thought, okay, well, at the very least, I have a, a movie podcast, two of them, in fact. And so I might as well go see it and uh, so that I can uh, weigh in on it when the, when the discussion comes up. So, um... When I saw it, not unlike Jurassic World, I did not think it was that effective. Um, in this case, comedically, I didn't laugh that much. Uh, I, it's weird to say that the stuff that I did laugh at came from the male characters, um, Chris Hemsworth's character. Uh, there's a small one scene character who's uh, the dean of a terrible college. Uh, I laughed at his scene. Um, there wasn't, I didn't find there to be a whole lot of laughs from the, the character of the, the characters of the Ghostbusters. Um, although Leslie Jones had a couple of good things, uh, here and there, but, uh, but yeah, so I wish that, that I could report that I liked the movie more than I did. Um, but like I said, with Jurassic world, I didn't think that was a super effective, uh, thriller or adventure movie. It definitely was more action-y than the original Jurassic Park. And now I have watched Jurassic World several times, and I en I enjoy it to a point, but I would not go so far as to say it's a good movie. But what the film is exploring thematically is something that is infinitely interesting to me. And much to my surprise, coming out of Ghostbusters, I thought I found myself thinking about a lot of things. Um, I saw the film with my wife and on the ride home, neither of us really cared for the movie that much, but I said, I, there's some stuff going on in my head and I need to just get it out. And she said, okay. And so I rattled off all the stuff that I'm about to tell you. 
And she said, yeah, I think all of that, I think that's all in there. Um, it still doesn't make it that good of a movie, which I agree. Um, you know, on Letterboxd, I think I gave it two and a half out of three stars. And the two and a half stars applies to what I'm going to be talking about right now. Uh, so it's no secret that this film carries with it quite a bit of uh, socio-political baggage. Uh, the fact that the Ghostbusters Ghostbusters are now women was something that some people had a problem with. Some people didn't have a problem with uh, with it, and then those people were accused of having a problem with it. Uh, certain actors and directors uh, said that if you don't like this movie or uh, I the haters of the movie are, I believe Judd Apatow said that, oh, they're basically Trump supporters. Now, I think he was basically saying that if you're somebody who has a problem with the fact that the Ghostbusters are women, then you may be this thing. But he phrased it in a way that sort of implied that if that you had to like this movie, if you didn't, then there's something wrong with you and you probably have a problem with women. Uh, so. Now, I do know that there are some people who who do have a problem with uh, the fact that the Ghostbusters are female, not in and of itself, but because they find it indicative of a larger uh, movement towards that uh, horrifying phrase, uh, political correctness, which has been, which is used on a, a number of different, in a number, a number of different ways. Um, so they look at, you know, the character of Ray in, um, Star Wars The Force Awakens, and then I believe they're the main character in uh, Rogue One is going to be a female as well. And then they look at this, and I think they see that, okay, uh, they, they see a, a disturbing trend where the standard lead role in an action movie or a, or a comedy or whatever, um, which would normally be given to uh, a man or men, they are now going to women, and, they, and that somehow disturbs them. Uh, and I'll say that that doesn't bother me, uh, for a number of reasons. One is when you have somebody like, uh, you know, Melissa McCarthy in there, I could watch her in basically anything and I would enjoy her, enjoy her quite a bit. So, you know, it, and the reason that it doesn't bother me is actually something that I'll be talking about at the end of this episode. Uh, or minisode rather. Um, now, if you are somebody that has a problem with this trend in Hollywood, um, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from, but I, I would suggest that, and this is weird, I don't often find myself saying these things. I don't often find myself sounding like, uh, you know, a third wave feminist or a college professor or something like that. But uh, I will say that uh, we, we men have plenty of role models. We have plenty of, uh, we've got our Jason Bourne. We've got uh, the original Ghostbusters. We have any number of superheroes. Uh, we have Indiana Jones. We have James Bond. We're going to be fine. Uh, and then, yes, we also have, in Star Wars, we have Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. And, and yes, there is Rey now, but we still also have Finn and Poe Dameron. And again, I think we're going to be fine. And I've kind of spoiled the ending here, but, uh, but I'll get to that in a moment. Um, so yeah, I, I'm sure that uh, some people will have a response to what I just said. Um, believe me, I'm surprised that I'm saying it. But uh, and, and honestly, 
I don't want to make it seem as though if people have a problem with Ghostbusters that, well, it's clearly this other thing. I, I frankly think it is a vast minority of people that have a problem with the film because of its female protagonist. I myself, again, do not think the film is very funny. And these are funny people. This is a funny director. This is a, a funny cast. And they somehow managed to make a film that is not funny, um, except sporadically and Considering what the original Ghostbusters was, which was tremendously funny, you know, they did have something of a legacy to live up to. And I don't think there's anything wrong with comparing this to the first Ghostbusters because, as it turns out, they have the same name. And so, whether it be The Thing or Robocop or Total Recall or Ghostbusters, uh, I don't think it's out of line at all to compare it to the original. Um, and I think this film comes up wanting. But. I will say that the film is exploring some things in a very, what I think is a very interesting way. Ghostbusters is a surprisingly personal film, which sounds strange to me. Um, and I think it's personal from the point of view of, you know, Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig and, and, you know, Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones and just the, the women who are now, you know, the, the female Ghostbusters, I think it's personal on their part, even though it's directed by a man, I think the film is very much about what it is to be, uh, an actress at this time in Hollywood when women are getting, you know, better roles, but seemingly at the expense of men getting them. And I, and the, the problem that some people have with that. Um, I thought the same thing about spy. I thought spy was a, you know, I thought it was very funny. I thought the action was really good, but I also thought it was a, a very interesting meditation on what it is to be Melissa McCarthy. Uh, if you have seen the film, there's a lot going on where she's, you know, Melissa McCarthy. I'm not, I don't mean to be a jerk or anything, but she's a larger woman and she, uh, definitely, um, you know, she, if you look at a show like Mike and Molly, it's all about this, you know, this, uh, Midwestern, uh, normal woman who's, you know, a little bit overweight. And so I, I feel bad saying that I would say the same thing about, you know, somebody like John Candy or Chris Farley or whatever. Um, and one thing that I've always liked about Melissa McCarthy is that her humor, like uh, a John Candy, uh, her humor does not stem from her being a larger person. She just ma managed to find the funny in her character. And in Spy, we see that she is a remarkably capable, that her character is a remarkably capable spy, more capable than really anybody else. But the agency, because she is who she is, because she looks the way she looks, um, the the identities that they keep giving her are these like goofy, like a, a single cat lady or something like that. You know, a woman in, you know, who enjoys knitting and stuff like that. And as opposed to if, if it were a James Bond type, his uh, secret identity is somebody who by wacky coincidence is exactly like James Bond debonair and dashing and all that. And so even though she's proving herself time and time again to the agency, they keep saying, no, 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 you're going to be this. And I'm sure that is what it seems like to Melissa McCarthy that, uh, cause she's been around Hollywood for a long time that regardless of the type of comedic actress she can be, Hollywood was continuing to say, no, 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 you're going to get these. If you'll pardon me, you're going to get, you're going to get, get these goofy fat best friend roles. You can't carry a movie. Uh, we know where you belong. And so I think spy is very much uh, an examination of that. So I, 
So I just wanted to kind of throw out there uh, that I don't think that Ghostbusters is an outlier. I think these are people that are very uh, interested in, in taking these seemingly straightforward stories and imbuing them with something very personal. And so uh, I will now go through what I think Ghostbusters is really about. So it's worth noting that the two main characters, I would say, are uh, Kristen Wiig as uh, Aaron Gilbert and Melissa Ma- uh, McCarthy as Abby Yates. Uh, and as the film starts, they are they were old friends who were they were both scientists and they were fascinated the notion of ghosts and they were pursuing the idea that there were ghosts in the world uh, and that sort of thing. And then as time went on, it became very clear that in the uh, certainly in the uh, academic scene that this was not going to uh, help them. And so uh, we have, and by the way, I, I can't believe I'm going to use a word like patriarchy. I'm so sorry, but, uh, but it, is, it is seen as a fairly patriarchal uh, system. Charles Dance plays uh, the dean of the college that, uh, that Kristen Wiig's character works for. And he makes it very clear that, uh, that academia and science just has no room for... Uh, for this ghost nonsense. And so we have Aaron who has been, who's willing to bend over backwards to just do whatever it is, uh, the, the, the system says. And, um, but then we have Abby who does not want to do that. And so, you know, it's, it's very easy to see that it, that is the idea of, you know, actresses just, being happy to do whatever it is the studio says to do, uh, as long as it means they get roles and the studio is always more than happy to say like, all right, uh, take off your clothes or do something, you know, uh, you're not going to get as good a part as, uh, your, uh, as the male lead, you might be the girlfriend or whatever it is, but you're not going to be as important and you're just going to, you're just going to take your part and you're going to like it. And, uh, maybe just, maybe you'll get a lead role someday and we'll move on. And so, you know, you have uh, the Aaron character who is trying desperately to do what they want her to do, and she's just not impressing them. And then eventually, she gets—they find out about her uh, about her past, and so she and uh, Abby get back together. Um, they're not a couple or anything, but they they decide to pool their their resources and go back into the ghost busting business. And once they've been established as that, once word is starting to get out about these Ghostbusters, uh, you know, instantly there are uh, comments on the Internet that uh, that these women, you know, that they're not that what they're doing isn't real. And even if they were like, ah, these women can't handle it and all that. I mean, that is very clearly uh, you know, about the film itself. And, you know, when it was announced, um, you know, when it was announced that, uh, that the new Ghostbusters is going to be a female cast, I mean, the comments were just all over the place. And so I think, uh, you know, I think this is them responding to that. And that was before, you know, the trailer even came out If you know, that when the trailer came out, I think it was the lowest rated, uh, either the lowest rated trailer or just the lowest rated video on YouTube, which I do think is a little bit excessive. I've seen much worse things there. Um, so uh, so that's very clear that they are perpetually, they're behind the eight ball in a way that the original Ghostbusters were not. People didn't believe the original Ghostbusters, but, you know, Peter Venkman 
and Egon Spangler, they had a very specific confidence that other people that they kind of shut other people down. Whereas these women don't really have that level of confidence. They are tr- perpetually trying to prove to other people that we know we know what we know and we know what we're doing. Please believe us and have faith in us. Um, and so it starts with those comments. But then there are also uh, other characters. There is a character played by Bill Murray. Uh, the character's name is Martin Heiss, I believe, who is uh, he's a, a debunker. He he looks at spiritual phenomenon and he uh, and he finds fault in it and that sort of thing. So, and he dresses in a very foppish kind of way, very fancy. And the way that he carries himself, everything about him says critic, uh, says film critic, art critic, whatever you want to say. Um, and just, uh, the way that he just strolls into the ghostbusters, uh, office and sits down and just says, okay, show me, what do you have? And just is, you know, his arms are basically crossed and he's just, you know, he's already made up his mind about what they're going to be and they just need to, uh, you know, he's not neutral and he's certainly not on their side. He is against them and they need to work that much harder to get him on their side. The results, uh, aren't super great. Uh, and I won't, I won't, uh, spoil it for you, but, um, but yeah, so that is, you know, now we have a guy who knows a lot about this stuff or seems to, and he is also trying to discredit them as much as, as he can. Uh, we have a mayor played by Andy Garcia. I think he also has a couple of nice moments. Um, so we have a mayor who's an authority figure. Um, and he actually expresses that he believes the Ghostbusters and that he has actually uh, a lot of uh, faith in them. And he is very supportive of them privately. Of course, publicly he can't be because it would, uh, it would screw up his image. And so in the same way, it's, it's this idea of, you know, you know, possibly a studio head or whatever it is, you know, supporting the idea of, you know, the, the female Ghostbusters movie, um, you know, they greenlit it. So everything's good to go. But to my knowledge, when all the, uh, when all the criticism came out, it was up to Paul Feig and the, and the stars of the movie to defend the movie. You, you didn't really get much from the studio itself as if to say, yes, yes, we, we did this. We're, we're fine with it theoretically, but we're not going to actually support you guys publicly. Uh, we're not going to defend you guys. We will leave it to you guys to do that. Um, and then we have uh, another character, and this actually plays in, uh, more into the plot. Um, we have uh, the antagonist. The character's name is uh, Rowan, and he's a character who's very nerdy and very fanboyish. Uh, he is not uh, uh, that much of, a, of an attractive guy, one could say. He's fairly... Uh, plain looking, but just the way he carries himself, the way his hair is cut, he seems very much, um, he's not supposed to visually evoke comic book guy from the Simpsons, but he's supposed to sort of be like that, just socially awkward. And then at some point, uh, the characters look through his notebook and they see that, yes, indeed, this is a guy who, you know, has a beef with the world, uh, because of the way it has treated him. He's a very standard nerd type. And he's a nerd that is obsessed with ghosts, and this is his whole life. And lo and behold, once he sees the Ghostbusters, now he zeroes in on them, and they are the issue. Much like 
if you'll pardon me, some of the fanboys uh, who I'm sorry to use that term, but uh, it's a helpful shorthand, much like the fanboys when they found out about uh, the female Ghostbusters. They're like, oh, I love Ghostbusters. It's a big part of my life. I, you know, I, I grew up with it. Uh, it helped define me. And by the way, that that's me. I grew up watching Ghostbusters and then the cartoon real Ghostbusters and I had the toys and, you know, I absolutely loved it. And so this is a guy like me. But then when he sees, well, wait a minute, who are these female Ghostbusters? No, I don't think so. And so he he has a larger plan, but he definitely sees them immediately as the the people that he is against. Um, so and then I will mention and we'll get back to the Rowan character in a moment. But I also do want to mention the, the character Kevin, played by Chris Hemsworth. Now. Kevin uh, is a very funny character, and the idea is, now this might be a bit of a stretch, so please uh, just bear with me, uh, because I'm not sure how much confidence I have in this particular interpretation. It is worth noting that it's that Kevin, you know, a, a big joke is, is made of how attractive he is, but also how stupid he is, but because he's so attractive, they're fine to keep him around. Okay, that's all well and good. There's no rule, though, that in casting Kevin that they needed to cast the guy that played Thor, uh, who is a major action hero at this point and has been since when did Thor come out? 2010, uh, maybe even earlier. I don't recall. Um, so there, it could have been anybody, but no, Chris Hemsworth, when we look at him, we think, Oh, that's the guy that played Thor. And so, so to have this, this, you know, this big, um, action hero, uh, in the film, uh, just, and one could say at that point, like the essence of man, because he's like a perfect physical specimen, as they point out in the film many times, uh, and that he's there and he's not, he bears them no ill will. He's just not helping them. He's not, he's only hampering them. And so I recognize that movies are, I'm over personifying, you know, movies themselves, but you know, uh, I remember something that I'm always fascinated with is that there are some movies that uh, I remember, I think we did an episode about eat, pray, love, and it came out the same weekend as the expendables. Those are two movies that have nothing to do with each other. They are not in competition with, with one another. And if you look certainly during the summer, you will see that there are some weekends where two or three movies will come out and they have none. They don't really have the same audience at all. You could have an action movie, a, if you'll pardon me, a chick flick and then a, uh, a kid's movie. And so you have something for all the different audiences and none of these movies are really in competition with each other. And so for all intents and purposes, uh, insofar as Kevin represents the dumb action movie, it really doesn't have anything in common, uh, with, the Ghostbusters movie. Uh, they're not necessarily going for the same audience. One is a comedy. One is more of an action movie. And so, uh, Kevin is, is harmless. He's there. He runs parallel to them. He doesn't help them. He doesn't hurt them. He's just there. Um, actually, I guess he does hurt them a little bit, but he means well. And so, uh, so I think, I think it is worth noting that they cast Chris Hemsworth. There are other notable actors that they could have cast, but they went with somebody that we see year to year as a big superhero. Um, so, okay. So as the film goes on and the climax finally happens, uh, the character of Rowan, he seemingly dies, but he dies so that he can become more powerful. And one of the first things that he does is he inhabits the Kevin character. Uh, 
and he turns Kevin against them. Um, and in fact, in being against them, he's now in competition with them. And so one could say that this little Ghostbusters movie, there were, there were people online. I'm not, it's, it's tough to use words like nerds and fanboy and stuff like that. I do apologize. Uh, I'm trying to think in terms of how the film might actually think, but there were people online that were so actively against this movie for whatever reason. Maybe it's the female thing. Uh, who knows? Maybe they just didn't like the idea of a remake of Ghostbusters, but for whatever reason, they were against this movie. And so they actively wanted it to fail. So what do you do when you want a movie to fail? You go see a different movie and you encourage other people to go see a different movie. So now by with Kevin inhabiting, sorry, with Rowan inhabiting Kevin, we now have the big, strong action guy actively against them as used by the, uh, the nerd. So, but eventually even that's not enough. Rowan who can take any form, he takes the form of the Ghostbusters logo and it's very harmless and it's something we're all familiar with. And then it grows and it grows and grows to the size of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. But it's not the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. It is in fact the ghost from the Ghostbusters logo, but it's huge and it's, it's Godzilla sized uh, and it's destroying the city. And this is what they have to fight. And to me, I mean, that is just, that's maybe even a symbolism that's a little bit too obvious. You know, um, I've heard some people say that, that the, that our, our, our new Ghostbusters fighting against the Ghostbusters logo means that, that, that they are somehow, that the filmmakers are somehow hostile towards the Ghostbusters brand. I wouldn't go that far. I would say that they are intimidated by it, that at this point, Ghostbusters as an idea, as a logo, as a brand, as a phenomenon, the Ghostbusters legacy is so big that it is in fact a monster and they are attempting to do something. They are attempting to be a part of it and it is actively fighting against them. It is this monstrous thing that is going to overtake them and destroy them. Uh, and so they have to fight against it. And it is worth noting that when they do, uh, they shoot it in the crotch, which yes, I recognize that is definitely, that could definitely be seen as a, as a feminist choice. Um, and so eventually they save the city and everything's fine. Um, and one thing that I do like is that, uh, Kevin, having now not been possessed anymore. He's off when, during the action, he's off getting a sandwich and it's kind of an obvious joke, but anyway, so he's talking with them and they're mad at him for, that he was just off getting a sandwich. So they actually take the sandwich and throw it out of frame. And then he looks off screen and says a little help. And then somebody throws it right back to him, which implies that for somebody like Kevin, who's not merely a, you know, a good looking guy, but again, in this context, he is a big, he's an action, he's a superhero action movie. And those movies, they don't need any help at the box office. Uh, they, they're basically critic proof. Uh, all they need to do is say, Hey, I'm opening this weekend and people will be very accommodating to them. Whereas the, this, the, the ghostbusters in the film and the, and the ghostbusters film needs all the help that it can get. Um, but eventually, uh, the city, you know, these characters have are, they've spent the whole movie trying to get legitimacy, uh, trying to get people on their side. And then at the end of the film, once the city realizes what they did for them, uh, they, they do acknowledge them. And, and so our characters are finally validated. They've finally arrived 
and everything is happy. All right. So I think there's a lot going on. Obviously, I think there's a lot going on with this film. We have, uh, you know, we have these, these women who, many of whom are, are stars in their own right. You know, with Melissa McCarthy, you have an actual Oscar nominee, uh, for bridesmaids. Um, and you know, many of them have been the leads in their own film. And I know Kate McKinnon is just tearing it up on SNL right now. She does an astounding, uh, Hillary Clinton impression. Uh, but it's just not good enough. You know, the fact that they, the fact that these women had the audacity to think that they could take over the Ghostbusters franchise means that it wasn't simply, you know, cause we've seen people respond to, you know, Oh, there's a new RoboCop. Oh, okay. But there is a, there does seem to be a little bit of extra, uh, maybe not venom, but there's definitely an extra antagonism when we see that, Oh, wait a minute where they're changing the genders. All right. Let's see what you do. You know, we are like the Bill Murray character where we sit back with our arms crossed and just wait for them to mess up or prove themselves to us. Now, I do not think that the film does prove itself to us. I don't think it's actually very funny. I don't think it it I don't think it's a great continuation of the 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 Ghostbusters franchise, but then Ghostbusters 2 was also not very good. Um, the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon was great. I assume. Um, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I saw one or two episodes like a year ago and it held up pretty well. But, um, but more than anything, I, I want to, uh, really engage with the film on its own level. You know, it takes, it takes a lot for a film to be personal, especially a big studio film like this. And the film is not doing very well. And there are people that are, that are thrilled about that. And don't get me wrong. I don't think the film, again, I said, I don't think the film is very good. And so I don't think it deserves to do well, but maybe let's not dance on its grave because in the end we do have these women who are yes, very successful, but they had to fight probably a little harder for their success than I'd say their male counterparts. You know, they had to maybe fight a little harder than say a Seth Rogen or a Jonah Hill. Um, and yeah, I'm surprised that I'm saying this stuff. I don't usually f- find myself saying a lot of, you know, one could say feminist talking points, but I do genuinely believe that it is harder for a, a woman to um, be the lead of a film, uh, whether it be a comedy or an action movie, you know, a drama maybe, but it's it's fairly rare for a comedy, um, especially one that isn't, uh, I, again, sorry to use the term, uh, that isn't a chick flick, like a straight up comedy that could seemingly to appeal to uh, appeal to everybody it's fairly rare for the, for a woman to be uh headlining that so so this is a film in which um i don't know that everybody involved seemed to put a lot of themselves into it and it does seem to really uh be trying to explore more than your average comedy than your average um a summer movie than your average average action movie and so like Jurassic World this doesn't mean that it's a good movie but frankly it's it's worth a look uh you know in the same way that no one would ever say Glenn or Glenda is a very good movie in fact people would say it's one of the worst movies of all time but it is very personal to its director and when you have so many movies that are just cookie cutter and the studio just puts it out and they're and they're boring and they're just bland and, you know, uninteresting and nobody cares. Uh, it's a rare treat to find a movie 
that it really does seem to be an expression of the people that made it, good or bad. And so I'm not necessarily saying that you should go and see it, but I don't know, just uh, it's tough. I feel like it might be worth seeing, not because not because you're taking a stand for you know female uh, protagonists or anything like that, simply because it's a personal statement, and you could do a lot worse than that. So okay, I think we'll leave it there. Um, I'm sure I've said some stuff that uh, that people will have a response to. It could be the that. Uh, like when I talked about uh, Land of the Dead to some old friends of mine the night before my wedding, and I said that it was actually a very interesting um, meditation on uh, the class system, not to mention our uh, American foreign policy in 2005. And my friend said, that's ridiculous. You are overreaching. Um, you might have that response to this, but uh, but yeah, I, 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 I certainly wasn't looking for any of this. It just happened to jump out at me. So uh, any response that you have, uh, you're welcome to throw out there. And yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Next week will be an actual episode. uh, And I will see you then. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.